Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. In our last couple of studies, we have been in Athens with the Apostle Paul. Uh, we began at the introduction that Paul had to Athens and examined the city, and we concluded our last study by looking at the response of the people at the end of the chapter. But today, I would like to bring you to what Paul actually said. Not just what he saw, but what he said, because it's powerful. Now, the Bible says in verse number 22 that this is the, the message he delivered to these people that didn't know the Lord. He said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. They were worshipers, but not worshipers of the true God. They were superstitious, uh, but their beliefs were not rooted in truth. What was the problem? The problem there was the same problem we're dealing with today. People don't know God. Isn't that the whole thing? 1 Corinthians 15, 34 says, Some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. We're living in a world full of superstition, surrounded by religion, engaged in some form of worship, but ignorant of the true and living God. And so, what was Paul's message? It was all about the unknown God, the God they do not know. Let me just walk you through his message because I think this might be a good pattern for us to, to follow in our discussion with people who do not know God. First of all, he taught them that the unknown God is the creator. He backs all the way up to the beginning. Look, you can't explain Christ to them if they don't understand the creator God of the universe, that there is a God. And so, beginning in verse 24, he says this, God, that's a good starting point, don't you think? God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Look at the truth he gives them. He explains to them that he spoke the world into existence. I love this. This is, this is big picture evangelism. Start at the beginnings. Give context. Start with the basics. Romans 1, what's wrong with a world that, that doesn't know God? They don't even know him as the creator God. So let's begin here. The most simple truth, God made you. God spoke the world into existence. He explains that God is a spirit. He explains that God is all sufficient, that he doesn't need us, we need him. He explains that God's the one who sets the boundaries for people groups. I love the fact he removes all prejudice here. He, he says all the nations of the earth made of one blood. That's powerful, isn't it? Uh, he explains that God's the one who controls all of nature. 
I love the fact he says he's not far from you. He's not far from every one of us because the tendency would be to think that the creator was a million miles away. No, he's right here. He's with you now. And listen to verse number 28. In him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. He says God not only created you, he's the one who sustains life. I wish I had time to show you, but in verse number 29, he talks about the Trinity. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. What's he doing? He's simply introducing them to the God who created the world. That's where we have to start. Let's begin with creation. God made us. God put us here. If God put us here, don't you think we ought to get to know the one who made us? The unknown God is the creator. Then he takes them to the other end of the spectrum, to the end. He moves from the beginning to the end. Not only does he teach them that the unknown God is the creator, he then immediately tells them that the unknown God is the judge because he says in verse 30 and 31, and the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. So he says you need to know that the same God who made you, you're going to stand before someday, that the creator is himself the judge. He moves from Genesis to Revelation. He speaks of the judge's patience. He says there was a time of ignorance God winked at. He speaks of God's holiness. He says, repent. He speaks of God's justice. He says, the judge has now appointed a day and ordained a man who will be the judge. He speaks of his righteousness, that the judge will one day make every wrong right. You see how he's making them think about not only where they came from, but now where they're going. And then he saves this last because it's the most important truth. It's the gospel message. He explains to them that the unknown God is not only the creator and the judge, but that the unknown God is the Savior. Listen to verse 31 again. He hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he raised him from the dead. <laughs> Well, what man's going to be the judge? The only one who is risen from the dead. Who is that? Only Jesus. Do you see how the whole message culminates in who Christ is, in his resurrection and our repentance? Oh, this is powerful. He was raised from the dead. God gave this confirmation. He gave this assurance unto all men. Would you like to know who the true and living God is? Well, look at the only one that ever got up out of the grave of his own volition, of his own power, for his own purpose. And what is this message all about? It's to bring them to a place of repentance. In other words, the message of the resurrection must be responded to. Revelation demands a repentance. He said he now commands all men everywhere to repent. We know the rest of the story. Some repented, some did not. Everybody's not going to believe, but everybody must know who God is. Years ago, I remember someone teaching me a little chorus, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Uh, someone taught another little chorus to me as a boy, everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Do you know who Jesus is today? Let me tell you who he is. He's the creator God of the universe. 
He's the judge of all the earth, and he's the one who wants to be your Savior today. And just to prove it, he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead so he could give you eternal life. And if you know him, let me tell you what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be sharing him with other people. You're supposed to be doing exactly what Paul did at Athens. So as you have a conversation this week about Christ, as you have a discussion with someone, maybe even someone who has no context, no background in religious things, just begin where Paul did. Begin where God does. In the beginning, God created. Talk to them about God as creator. Talk to them about God as judge. All things come from him. All things are going back to him. And then talk to them. Don't miss this about God as Savior. Because only through the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, can we know the Creator's purpose and can we be ready to meet the judge. No one comes to God apart from Jesus Christ. By the Lord's grace and help, let's tell them. Let's tell them about the God they do not know. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why enjoying the journey exists to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.